Welcome to Daphne Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And um, I am writing not just The Struggle Boss, but probably like The Struggle like Hummer limousine today. Like that's where I'm at. Because at least your face. <laughs> My computer just is not working correctly, so I apologize ahead of time for all of the sound and picture not matching up that's about to happen right now. Um, I had a really bad dream that my boyfriend dumped me last night, even though that's definitely not going to happen because we were talking about songs for our wedding playlist yesterday, but like, still makes me feel like I want to die. And um, I start school on Tuesday and my classroom is not finished and I have absolutely nothing prepared all right it's gonna be great <laughs> how are you well I'm a brand new person you would not <laughs> even recognize me I have been working out um like today was day five of working out which is so many because I've worked on ages um, I've been doing yoga. I've done, um, I did this walking exercise yesterday, like power walking. I did, I've done some strength exercises. Oh my gosh. I, everything's echoing now on my end. Um, but <laughs> with my insurance, I get the Peloton app for free for, it's not a year, but I think I get another year now um, when this one's finished. And so they have like Disney strength workout. And let me tell you, Moana is mean. Like, you go rowing in a canoe, but you have to, like, hold up with your abs, like, while you're doing it to so your core. Oh, my gosh. I've – thank God I did yoga today because my whole body was falling apart. Um, but I did. I got up this morning, and at 8.30, I made it to my online live yoga class. And uh, I am – and then I went and got all my uh, my fall stuff from Starbucks. I got my pumpkin cold brew. I got a pumpkin scone. Just thriving, just dude. Thriving. Just today, but I'm thriving today. <laughs> just today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Courtney and I had a weird schedule this week. So mm -hmm. it's actually been like almost two full weeks since we've recorded. And I don't even know what to share about my life because it's been so long. <laughs> I wrote it down. I wrote down my next four episodes of what I'm starting with. So oh I cannot God. forget anything about my life. <laughs> Fantastic. I, um, let's see, like, what did I do last week? I don't even remember what last week was. Um, week before you went back to work? Oh, it was, the wedding was last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was last week. Um, one of my best friends got married and we went to the wedding and it was so lovely um the priest played the flute during the ceremony like he was speaking and then he just like stopped speaking and got out of flute and played meditation music All right that's a, a choice it was amazing i um went to the 
bride and groom. And I was like, my favorite part of the whole wedding was watching you guys try not to break and just like, cause, and, <laughs> and Dave, the the groom, he looked at me, he goes, I literally, we had no idea that that was happening. None. It was, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So um, now Dan keeps threatening me that there will be a flute playing priest at our wedding. There's nothing I want more. I would die. I will not keep it together. I will guarantee you there is mm-hmm. not a part of me that will keep it together. And and you have to because you'll be up there. Like, what are you supposed to be? I will just die. I will just die laughing and the priest will glare at me. <laughs> And I will formally remind you, I'm not Catholic, so it's okay. But then you'll be laughing, and so Monica will be laughing, and then I'll be laughing, and then Dan's mother will be glaring at me like I'm the devil. Look, things happen. Flutes, when priests play flutes, things happen. I don't know. But um, the wedding, but it was beautiful, and she looked beautiful, and I looked beautiful, and everything was beautiful. You did look beautiful. Uh, and Dan looked great, and I just I'm happy. Yeah, it's so nice. All right, what are you sharing from the last eighteen weeks of your life that we? That was it. My Peloton update. Oh, that was your Peloton update. Was your sharing today? I am. Um, I've been doing. I can. I can elaborate if you'd like. <laughs> no, 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 no. You because you were like I wrote everything down, and so I thought you I were did. gonna like tell me no. what happened two weeks ago. I wrote down Peloton for today. I am. Um, I've been working. I've been working out on my lunch break at work because we all know how many hours I have in a day available. Um, so I've been breaking it down in the music library and uh, working out, and it's been lovely. I'm. It's changing my whole life. I did forget awesome. to, one day before I worked out. I was doing a strength workout and I almost passed out, but it's fine. I did. I was I really shaking while I was like. Yeah, no, those that week that I went to the gym every day and was like really on top of it, which I, I will do again once I don't have family in town. Um, I didn't eat before the gym ever. So that was never good. Yeah. And like, sometimes I just don't eat at work, period. Like yesterday, Dan brought me lunch and he was like, it's really good that like we're both okay with like late lunches because like I couldn't get here until today this time and I go I'm gonna be real with you if you hadn't called and told me you were bringing food I wouldn't have eaten lunch I didn't eat yesterday or the day before and he was like but he doesn't work at my school anymore because that's the other big update that I knew I had something emotional (laughs) my lovely boyfriend got a new job it is it's a very good job. It is a great step in his career. I am very proud of him and very happy. And let me tell you how difficult it was the day I found out that he was <laughs> leaving. Um, no, and uh, uh, by now, like at this point, I've processed it all and it's okay. And I've met his replacement, the new social studies teacher at our school, who is a infant this man is like 21 years old. Oh, bless. He is a baby. And, um, but, uh, so Dan will no longer be at work to force me to eat lunch. Well, we'll have to call up Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
Make sure someone feeds you. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Um, yeah. But um, what else we can do to make my life better is reading, but also spirituality. That's That's the way to go. It is the way to go. So today, this applies to both of us. I think we both believe this already. Know your worth, then add tax. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sweet and simple. Yes. I mean, are you frozen? No, it's uh, probably the screen is frozen, but also thinking. Um, No, um, Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad on their podcast, they had this thing that they were saying a couple years ago that I like. She was like, I will no longer be giving discounts like about herself. And I, I was like, yes. And so, but no, not just am I not giving discounts, I'm adding tax. Yes. Exactly. I love it. I love it. You're just making up for the discounts in the past. Well, unfortunately. Um, We are really here to celebrate Sci-Fi Sunday. Which we love. Which it almost is. Which it almost is. Today, I was going to say today, while we were recording this, it is Monica's birthday. Happy Um, birthday, Monica. Tomorrow, when we are putting this out, it is her birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Monica's brother, that I don't know. His name's DJ. DJ. Oh, I've heard of him, yes. Yeah. It's also Adri, whose wedding I went to last week. It's her birthday. Also. Okay. I can only tell someone who got birthday. We only get so many shout outs a week. <laughs> oh, and I think it's also David, my future brother in law's birthday. No, no more. <laughs> No, I know David. I I know David's birthday is this weekend. I don't know if it is tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. No, I'm done. Yeah, I'm everybody's birthdays. On this, this is going to be a rough weekend for me in my adult life. Yeah, when you get there in your adult life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, for Sci-Fi Sunday, we are talking about Stargate SG One. As we will be for the rest of our adult lives. Yes. Um, Every Monday for the rest of our lives, as MK put it in her schedule. <laughs> um, we're on season two, episode three. It is called Prisoners, and it was rated 7.3 stars, which I was like, when I wrote it down, I go, I feel like that's really low. But then I watched it and I go, that's all right. I feel like maybe like seven five, seven six. Like I feel like we got important stuff. I don't know because I don't know where we're going moving forward. But it feels like we got important stuff. You know. Yeah. So, and it made sense. It wasn't like I was like I don't know what's happening. So That's like very- seven five, seven six. It wasn't like top notch, but it was. That's outside my house. Oh, I was like, I don't think that's outside my house, but it's not. Okay. Um, yeah, no. You just 
I didn't hate it. I just didn't like that we were like on such a roll with the gold mm-hmm. stuff, and then we just like weren't again. A real sharp turn. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. agree with that. Um. But um, do you happen to know if this release order is the same as the DVD order for the second season? I believe it is. I can double check. Because Um, I wonder if they were like, oh, this didn't make sense. So we put this in a different order. Because I feel like they did just kind of throw this episode in because they were like, oh, this is important. Here, you need this too. (laughs) Um, I... Sorry, I have a website that tells me the DVD order versus the other... There's an excellent website to keep up with. Uh, Nope, it is in fact correct. Yeah. Yep, it's correct. They only changed season one. Excellent. Okay, so this was just a choice they made. Correct. And held really tight too. Got it. Um, It came out on July 10th, 1998. Um, the number one song is the same song. It's a Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. The number one movie is Armageddon. You know, never saw Armageddon. I know I probably should have by now. Armageddon uh, is not a great movie in the sense that it's a great movie. It's a great movie because it made me feel things. But primarily, the thing that made me feel the most was sheer discomfort in the sense that in Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler's beautiful, beautiful farewell romping in the grass picnic scene, the song that plays in the background is Aerosmith's Don't Wanna Miss a Thing. And I, to this day, cannot get over the idea of rolling around in the grass, making out with someone while my dad sings about waking up next to me in the background. Like, that is just, that is the level of discomfort that I have, oh, that's why this movie has always sat with me. No reason other than that moment. That makes sense. (laughs) Making me very uncomfortable. Yep. And this is, and that's coming from me, who would in fact sleep with Steven Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> so, goodness gracious, you, know, you are not putting a a highlight on that movie for me. I think I'm okay skipping that one. It's actually a really decent movie. It's not a bad movie at all. But <laughs> I know you well enough to know that you would have the same reaction to that as I did, and not let go of it at all. Yeah, I don't need that in my life. So. Um, I struggled really hard to find something to talk about for the date because every time that I like looked up the date, the only news articles I could find were about like horrible Catholic priests and scandals mm-hmm. and like things like that. But then I just kept digging because I was in a wormhole and I also had my dad digging for information too. And I found out a story that I vaguely knew, but I didn't know the details of. So then I just continued. Have you ever heard 
of the Kamaya Mowgli abduction. It sounds vaguely familiar. So on July 10th, 1998, a little baby who was eight hours old at a hospital got yanked. Yep, I've heard this. And then in 2017, at 19 years old, she was discovered living in South Carolina with her abductor. And the DNA test was just like, oh, yeah, by the way, not your mom. I did. I did hear about this. I think I heard about it in 2017 when it yeah. like came out yeah and um then they made a lifetime movie about it and niecy nash played gloria the woman who abducted her um and they just went down this rabbit hole because like she got kidnapped at eight hours old so eight hours you have no concept and like the her her abductor like just raised her like a kid like it wasn't like a creepy abusive situation this lady just like took her and then like kept her and raised her as a kid i mean obviously it's still not okay but it it, it wasn't like a weird change in the basement it was just like you're my kid now and then at 19 how do you how do you even process at 19 that that is your life i wouldn't I don't know, like, what her feelings... I, like, didn't watch the movie. I don't didn't go into, like, what her feelings on her abductor slash not real mother are. But, man, that is a story I can't wait to, like, get deeper into in my podcast. Like, I haven't... I None of my podcasts have covered that yet, but I'm sure they will. I feel like I've heard that one. Yeah, so... I mean, none of the ones, all the ones I listened to, I'm so far behind. In that, like, 2011 that you're listening to? Um, I'm in 2014 right now, thanks. Well, they uh, probably didn't cover this in 2014 because it came out in 2017. <laughs> Correct. So... <laughs> Correct. Um, so, yeah. So, that's July 10th. Um, the director of this episode is David Wary Smith again. Um, the writer is new. Uh, his name is Terry Curtis Fox, and he was a senior advisor for the writing staff um, on other episodes, but this is his first writing credit. Um, he is known for writing Fortress, Stargate, and Jag, but he only has 12 writing credits because what he actually does most of the time is not writing himself, but he is um, a professor at Tisch, um, Tisch School of Arts at NYU, and he is the department chair for dramatic writing. Lovely. Yeah. Which, I mean, this did feel very, like, cinematic, dramatic, more than sci-fi, so, like, I totally see that. For sure. The um, guest star that we're going to talk about is named Bonnie Bartlett. And before I even started doing my research, I just looked at the picture on IMDb, the, like, the square that shows, like, what the episode is. And I go, oh, my gosh, Mr. Feeney's wife is in this episode. Whose wife? What? You what cut out. Whose wife? Oh, Mr. Feeney's wife. Feeney. Feeney. I could oh. not hear what you <laughs> Got it. Yes. 
um, because in Boy Meets World, Bonnie Bartlett plays Mr. Feeney's wife, but that's because in real life, she is William Daniels' wife. I didn't know that. Yeah, she, her and William Daniels got married in uh, 1951, and they are still married. They're both still alive and kicking. She's 93, and he's 95. Um, They had three children together. Their first one did, unfortunately, die very, very young. Like, I think only lived, like, a year. Um, And the other two are adopted. Um, But she took off. She stopped acting in the 70s to be a stay-at-home mom with the kids and then, like, got back into it in the 80s. And then in the 80s, she was in St. Elsewhere with William Daniels, where they once again played husband and wife and won Emmys for their characters on the same night. And they were the... They were the only the second ever married couple to win Emmys in the same year. Love that. Who was the first? The first was in 1965, and I, my dad told me the name of the show that they were on, and I don't remember what it was. But it wasn't. It was people that I like had vaguely heard of having existed, but I didn't know who they were because I didn't really watch daytime television in the 60s. Right, so that that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, no. Oh, she was also the things that she was known for. She was in the movie V for Vendetta, and she was in the movie Twins with uh, Robert De Niro and yeah. and um. Yeah. Isn't that Arnold Schwarzenegger? In that yeah. Movie? Yeah. I was like, who was the other one? <laughs> yes. Is it Robert De Niro's his twin? So. I think so. so. For some reason, I always just assumed it was Robert De Niro and Danny DeVito because that's like the two most opposite adult humans that could pretend to be Did twin. I say Robert De Niro? Yes. I meant Danny DeVito. Oh, okay. No. No, okay, and Arnold Robert, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito because they're the two most like opposite-sized human right. beings to ever exist i don't know why i said robert Niro. i think like danny devito is the same size as arnold schwarzenegger's like hack with like his height is the same as arnold is across yes i think that is yeah. correct uh yeah so um that is our uh, prep for this episode um we start the episode on a scene that I got excited because the close-up was just of a giant spider for some reason. <laughs> like, they were outside walking through the forest and the scene literally just starts with a close-up on a giant spider and I was like, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, just me. Um, but as they're walking, once again, Daniel does not want to leave at all because he somehow thinks that they can explore the entirety of a planet at once. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, unrelated to the episode, but a thought I just had when this was happening if say you were an alien and you came into a portal onto earth how would you even remotely explore or understand the entirety of earth like like you know what i mean like these people are going onto these planets and they're like we know all the cultures on all the planets but like how what is like, what if the Stargate was in a rural village in North Vietnam? You're going to tell me you know everything about the entirety of Earth? 
from that experience. Maybe aliens are smarter than us and have better technology. So they like land and then there's like expand, learn everything and they bring it all in and they get back to the Stargate and leave. Well, clearly they are smarter about it than Daniel and Jack, but that's I don't know. I just like, that was the thought I had. I was like, we keep talking about these alien civilizations. Like we have any idea, but like, think about how many civilizations are on earth. And like, what if you, what if you landed in a village in Malawi? You wouldn't even, you wouldn't even have a concept of the technology that earth is capable of. No, people, I mean, people on earth don't know about everything on earth. That's true. Like, but like, I think about it. Cause so I just, the, the one of the books that I taught my kids for summer reading is The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Um, and um, so I've been like rereading it. And 20 years ago, 20 years ago in a village in Malawi, one house in the whole village had any access to electricity. That's insane. So like if 1998 you had landed in a village in Malawi, you wouldn't know electricity existed, let alone like computers. Google was invented in 1998. It's mind blowing to me. Yeah. But anyway, Daniel. Aliens are smart. Like, they have better technology than we do. Daniel said we can't just leave because we didn't find anything yet. We're only like a couple miles away from the gate. Like, there still could be things on this planet. Like, you don't know. Which is. Correct. Um, doesn't necessarily mean I think they should continue to mindlessly wander said planet, but like he's not wrong. Yeah. So Jack starts to fight him when all of a sudden this man runs up out of the woods and is like, Taldar will find us. It's all around us. You have to escape. We can't be found. And they are like, okay, let's go. Which I, I get why they reacted that way. But who knows? Because then there's this crazy wind and this flashing lights and they get transported into like this room that is just a blue light. And they're like, you are now prisoners. It's like an alien abduction. But like... For realsies on here. It's not just Stargate. It's not just seeing aliens. They got like white light abducted. I was very excited about that. Love it. Um, but so the they're like, we're um and then, oh, and then as they're standing there being told that they've been kidnapped or that they are being arrested and they are prisoners, then does Daniel remember, oh, Taldar means justice. Good timing, Daniel. Good yeah, Daniel's, Daniel's timing for memory in this episode is impeccable. The entire way through, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the guy who was running away from them is apparently a murderer. And they were helping him. So they will now be sent to a prison planet. And is we that... never found out about this oh, murder, did we? No, we know nothing about them. They just yet. were like, he murdered people. Now you're in jail. It's like, and they were like, first of all, you were trespassing on our planet. Second of all, you abetted a murderer. They, and they were like, they were like, <laughs> they were like, we did what? 
literally no. And they were like walked like three feet with this guy. Like trespassing fine. They did. But it was um a very um black and white picture (laughs) of justice. Yes. Um so they pop out of the gate on this weird tree prison planet and Dante, yes. Um, and then just standing in front of the gate are just like smoking, smoldering, burning feet. And I was like, oh, that's that's cute. That's definitely one one way to do things. Um, I have a question about Hidate. Um, yeah. that you may or may not have the answer to. Is this land was it created to be a prison, or was it a land that like got used up and then people it became empty so they turned it into a prison um, do you know they say in the episode that it used to have life on it and then it didn't anymore so they just left people there yeah gotcha i missed okay um so then because there's new people there and one of them is a lady and this is a prison colony immediately sam gets attacked Yes, like immediately. Yes. And that's why we don't have co-ed prisons. Um, <laughs> and this old lady appears. Her name is Linnea. And she is like, stop. Absolutely not. She's under my protection. Don't touch her. Mm-hmm. And somehow they all listen. And Sam's like, I could have taken care of myself. And Linnea basically is like, here's the thing, men suck. Yes. She doesn't say it quite like that, but she's like, um, basically, no. But she's like, I know what it's like to be a woman in a prison planet. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, um, okay. Um, and so they find out that they're apparently stuck here for life. Um, there's no DHD no real appearance of electricity in any way, shape, or form. And then Daniel starts geeking out about Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is always the perfect timing while you're stuck on a planet trying to figure out how you're going to get right. home. Right. Like, here's the thing. Prison Colony, Australia, I get it. I'm a history yeah. nerd, too. I can tell you everything about Australia being a prison colony and how awful it was. But, like, is that the time? Right. Is that the time? It feels like it's not. And while I don't see any dangerous animals, there are dangerous people. So, like, maybe. And also, it just felt... Like, unnecessary in terms of not only was it just not necessary for Daniel to be a weirdo, um, it didn't add anything to the story. It didn't add anything to Daniel's character. It was just like, we've got an extra, like, minute or so that we didn't have dialogue for, so we're just going to say shit. It was a little weak. Yeah, it was. Um... And then this guy, like, tries to give them a dead body... And they were like, no. 
So then they like try to take, he takes the jewelry off of the dead body and it's like here. And they're like, no. And um, I was like, the people of Hedante are just like weird, which is like not entirely surprising because they live on a prison colony. Um, and then we do have one of my favorite, like just Jack moments where Jack's like, hey, buddy, you're in prison can't show weakness in yeah, yeah. and makes Daniel take his glasses off. But the other thing that happened that it makes me think of, because this is not the first time that we've had an episode where Daniel just didn't have his glasses on for the whole episode. And my question is, can he see? Like, so I have the same question. I was like, like how the number of times that Daniel just exists without his glasses and to be fair, I also will just do things without my glasses as if I don't wear glasses, like including just driving, which I shouldn't do. But I like will be like, oh, I didn't put my contacts on this morning and I'll just drive. So like I am Daniel. Um, but my prescription, I... my prescription is like plus 0.75. Like it's not even a full number off. So I don't even technically need glasses except for that I my eyes get strained because of astigmatism, so they're tired if I don't wear glasses. What is Daniel's prescription? Um, I'm going to guess that it's not my prescription because if I don't wear glasses, I just, like, fall over and run into things. I can't see, like, three feet in front of my face. But mine's, like, negative five points something in both eyes with astigmatism, so, like... I don't see without yeah. contacts or glasses. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't have 2020 vision. I have like 20, like 19.2. Like, right. it's, not, it's not even. I have like 10 or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's always got to be all right. Yeah, but I just was like, are we just ever going to address the fact that like Daniel's glasses no. are a fashion accessory? No, we are absolutely not. Cool. Um, then we go cut back to real life, um, where SG3 um, is returning to command because they went out searching for SG1 and they just cannot find them. Good times. Very promising. Um, so then we go back to Hadante and um, Sam and Jack are meeting with Linnea. Um, to try to figure out what is going on here. And um, Linnea is, like, super freaking smart and, like, crazy, crazy smart. And she's, like, in charge of them because she's intelligent. And, like, that's amazing that, like, all these crazy dumb men are, like, yes, you elderly woman, we will listen to you. Um, so, and she tells them that, like, there are some people who believe that they can ride the wave when the gate opens and that wave pops out and like gets sent somewhere and um that's how people keep dying yeah yeah that's how you die my question is um these people the gate opens they stand in front of the wave okay that doesn't work but the gate doesn't close immediately why don't they just pop back out of it but okay so my thing is it's going one way. So if they were to hop back, oh, you're saying when they hop in, it doesn't close immediately. They shop out. 
No, I'm saying like when the gate opens and new people are being sent there and the gate is open, like when they ride the wave, why are they bothering to ride the wave? Why don't they just like run in the gate as soon as it's stable? Because doesn't it only go one way? And so like if they jump back in, it's closed on the other end. So they're stuck there. Like the gold that were stuck there that one time in the beginning. But that is o- that only works on Earth because there's an iris that can close on the gate and make it not open. If the portal is open on both sides, it's a wormhole. So it like will you can go both directions in it. Granted, probably if they did try that, they would just end up back where the Teldor are and then right, they would right. be sent back. So it like wouldn't really matter. Yeah, right. They'd probably die either way. But like I was just like the logic of their escape plan isn't. No, it's not solid by any means. No. But then she says some real, real powerful stuff that I actually like kind of dug. Mm-hmm. She was like, there are only two ways to lead with fear and with hope. And, like and in this like reality that we're living in and this planet, there's fear everywhere. So if they have hope when they stand in front of this gate, who am I to take that away from them? Right. And I get it. And I love that concept. And I get like the morality of being like, well, they're, they're killing themselves. So like you should argue with them. But at the same time, if there is no escape and you're stuck on this planet forever and your only options are brutal, vicious, quick death or like slow, painful, other death yeah how is it how is it any morally worse to choose which death that they have to have i mean it's the same argument you have for people who believe in heaven and not like we have somewhere we're going we have that hope everyone's gonna die but you know christians have that hope that they're going to heaven and others exactly and so like they don't have that that same hope and yeah that's the parallel argument Right. You so, got that hope. Um, you don't have so to believe like, heaven, say, but you know, believe something yeah. is out there. Yeah. Um, they so they're like, we need, we can get the gate to work on our side and like choose where it's going instead of just having it open. But like, we need power, and she's like, well, then we have something that each other needs. Yes. Um, which is probably the first glance at the fact that she's actually real sketchy. First red flag. Right. Um, so then we go back to base. SG-3 tells Hammond that Taldor gave them all of SG-1's weapons and transmitting and radio and all that stuff and sent them home and was like, yeah, they're in prison and then you're never going to see them again. But here's their stuff. What? I think you cut out for a second. Oh. No, I said the, they basically were like, here, they're in prison. They're never, you're never going to see them again, but here's the other stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I did ask while we were still with Linnea. She's talking mm-hmm. about the, uh, Sam's talking about how it's cold fusion that she's doing. Oh, no, sorry. This is a quick scene in between because then my okay. next episode is about the cold fusion. Come back. Yes. Come back to that for me then. Perfect. Yeah, no. So there's just this quick scene where they have all the weapons at base and SG3 is yes. like, yep, they're in prison. Cool. Then we go back to Hadante 
and Linnea is showing them the power that she has. And Sam is having an absolute geek out because she's doing cold fusion. So I do not know what that means. Um, cold fusion, would it actually like fix pollution? Yes. What can you explain cold fusion to us? Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, like I I know what it is in the sense that like it is a basically it is an organic like Cleansing. power source. It's it's basically like um creating energy organically and so like if cold fusion is done correctly and stably, it's like a more natural power source than like coal or wind or water or um, nuclear because it's a subatomic energy so it would save pollution in the sense that it would like cut back on all the other emissions that we have so like on a basic level it's almost comparative to like plants create oxygen and so it's yes. all clean that we're breathing and so this cold fusion would create mm -hmm. energy that's like all yeah it's it's subatomic energy that like um i don't have even remotely enough science to knowledge to actually understand, but I watch sci-fi enough to know that much of it. Man, we learned so much on this podcast. We are <laughs> um, yeah, but so Sam starts geeking out about cold fusion and like how they're going to save planet Earth if this stuff really works. And you know, we keep saying that we're going to all these planets and we're learning all this stuff, and none of it's actually useful for the government, but. This one is would actually be useful for the government and not in a war weapon kind of way. Man, it'd be great if they actually figured this out 25 years ago. Right. Um, and so she starts to like nerd out and explain everything about the gate to uh, Linnea and Jack is like, no. <laughs> He's like, so this is what's going to happen. You're going to give us information. And we'll take you home with us. And if it all works out, we'll give you the information. That's how that deal works. And um, then we get a flash to Teal just absolutely choking a guy out for no. <laughs> and I was like, you got to stake your stand. You got to make sure they know who's in charge. And he's like, this man challenged me. So now I killed him. Although it did feel very Darth Vader-y to me. It did. It it made me feel things. What kind of things? Good things or bad things? That depends entirely <laughs> on your definition. <laughs> I see. I see. I just felt like he was a leader in that moment. I didn't have a lot of other feelings. But I did feel like he had, he had to. He had to make his claim. Yeah. Oh, no. But, like, a, a strong, attractive man choking someone? I'm not complaining at all. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> I, um, ways I know my boyfriend doesn't listen to my podcast. He asked me this week how many people you know about my choking fetish. And I was like, hmm, the entirety of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
All of the internet wins. <laughs> Poor Dan. Bless his heart. Oh, my, my sweet, sweet love. Anyway, um, Jack and Sam return to Teal'c and Daniel and break up this choke fest. And um, uh, Daniel starts nerding out with a very small piece of information that gets very brushed over in this episode, but I took big note of because it is rather important, I think, for the lore of this show. I also took a big note here. Please continue. Because <laughs> the everything in this area with the gate and all of the amount of time that this land has been here and been able to fall apart proves that the stargates by far predate human societies. He said this land had been there for 15,000 years. I don't know how he came up with that number so quickly. Yeah. Or how he knew 15,000 years. Yeah. But uh, that's wild. That is wild, especially if you look at the fact that we don't have any, like, written records of human civilizations that are more than, like, 4,000 years old. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe if we're really, really stretching some of the BC years into like mm-hmm. early caveman stuff, we're thinking like maybe six, seven thousand max. Um, so this has been here fifteen thousand years, which is like twice as long as humans have been doing things on Earth, which means definitely not us who made the Stargates, which like we kind of already knew, but like it's right. Yeah. Um, and they were like, okay, well, this is the plan. This is what Linnea is going to do for us, blah, blah, blah. And Daniel's like, bro, I don't trust this. And they were like, oh man, like why? He's like, those people, when they stop, cause she walked in, that was not respect in their eyes. That was fear. They are terrified of her. Daniel is very smart this episode at the wrong times. Correct. (laughs) Um, And Jack is like, clearly you've never been to prison. And Daniel's like, why have you? What? When did Jack go to prison? Oh, Jack definitely. Jack was in a military prison. Um, Did we know that? I don't I think, yes, when he tells the story about how long he was overseas and then he came back and he was all messed up and, like, when he and Sarah started to fall apart, pretty confident he was in a, like, not a U.S. military prison, Mm -hmm. like a POW prison. That is a very long time ago that we talked about that. Correct. Um, So I had not remembered that. That's fine. I think it's like, yeah, I think it's like season one, episode like four or five. Like he vaguely mentions it. We don't have details about it. Um, I will say I wasn't but, really surprised that he had been in prison. I just didn't remember us talking about it. Yeah, no. Um, the number of times that Daniel said things in this episode and I had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. And I was like, he's so stupid. And my mom goes, I'm pretty sure the look on your face right now is exactly the look Jack's going to give him. I go, yeah, but with less amusement. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jack was like, of course I've been to prison. Because of course he has. Right. Um, 
So they're like, okay, this is the plan, but like, even if we figure this out, we don't have our transmitters, which means the iris will be closed. So we can't dial back to earth. We will be trapped in the gate and die. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to figure it out. They're like, you, Daniel, you know, all the gate addresses, figure it out. <laughs> Pick one. Um, then the gate starts to open and they all freak out because they're like, what is going on? But it's just the daily porridge slop drop-off. Which looks like wet cement. It did, in fact, look like wet cement. It looked, but also, it looked how they pour wet cement. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched um, Big Brother? Yes. I watched the first season. Okay, well, that was a long time ago. Um, on Big Brother, uh, they do this thing where they have haves and have-nots. And the people who are haves can do everything, like, in a house normal. People who are have-nots sleep in the have-not room, which is, like, always really messed up. Like, this season, there are no beds, just pool floaties, but, like, no pool. Um, And, like, one year, it was, like, dentist chairs was, like, the beds in that room. And, like... (laughs) Just to to make your life like less comfortable. You're half not. You're on. It's like the wave. And you also don't get to eat food. You just eat slop. Big brother slop. And 110% whatever they just poured down this rule is the same thing that they feed these people (laughs) in the big house. 100%. That makes me think of the wave experiment. Well, probably. I mean, Big Brother is based on doing weird psychology experiments to people. I know awful things about everyone in the house. Well, the first season wasn't that tragic. Um, That's that's fair. Um, There were no have-nots. No, we're on uh, season 24, and for something to be running for 24 seasons, it has to get more intense. Right. Yeah. Um, So, uh, we go back to the gate command where um, SG-9, which I only realized that this major is SG-9 because they say it later. I didn't know who he was. Um, He is being a whole kind of jerk. And he's like, yeah, like diplomatic relations. We want to keep a relationship with them. They say they're not going to let them go. So we should probably just not let them go. You don't know who this is. And I was like, what? And and our captain for SG3 is like, I will go back and get them tomorrow. Like, what do you need me to do? And Hammond's like, no, you have a mission that you're already scheduled for. You're going to go on your mission. I'm going to figure this out. And he's like, I am going to go get them myself. I said, Hammond's going through the Stargate. Yes. Um. So they, we go back to Hedante and Sam is like, maybe Daniel's a little bit right. I need to figure out what Linnea's crime was. So she goes and Linnea's like, you're here to figure out why I'm here. And Sam's like, yeah, kind of. What's up? And she's like, there was this plague and it killed a lot of people. And I tried to end it but the medicine i had i made did the opposite unfortunately and it killed thousands of people 
and I take full responsibility for all their deaths. And uh, was the bubonic plague. Interesting. That would work if she, if the Taldor Island states were even remotely Earth. You don't know these people could know, but it, it could be like it would be exactly that, but it would could be similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like, "Listen, I, uh, I this, I agree to your plan. I will take you if you take me. I'll help you if you take me. But like, just so you know, like that the way you've messed up the power balance here in this prison." And uh, if this doesn't work, you probably will die because these people are going to challenge you and, like, it's not going to work. Then we go back to SGC where Hammond is getting, walking through the gate for the first time ever. And um, I really like that scene where you, like, I love this scene. And the, the, ma- the major is like, yo, like, you've never been through the gate before. Like, let me give you some advice. Like, starts talking about breathing. And Hammond's just like, I can figure it out. And then he, like, goes to walk through the gate. And he's just like, oh, the things I do for these people. <laughs> he knows. Ask you one is like when you are a teacher and you have those kids that you absolutely want to fail on every project because they just do not listen to a damn word you say, but like you would also cut off your finger if they needed it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so we go back and the gate is about to open because they're going to bring some new prisoners in and, um, all these people run to ride the wave and Daniel is like, you're going to die. And Sam's like, yeah, like that's the thing that they do here. They're just going to kill themselves. Like, what are we supposed to do about it? And Daniel's like, no. And like, can't help himself and like has to save them from dying. Or try. Uh, or at least try. It doesn't work. They die. He's um, not successful. But then Vishnor, who is the big brute force mm-hmm. in charge of the prison in terms of physical stuff um, tries to fight Daniel because he stopped these people or tried to stop these people. And Daniel is losing this fight. Right. Cause he is not a very big person. No. And um, Linnea just like whips out a weird hand device that absolutely looks like it belongs to the gut world. And I was like, damn it, I was right. Not a good guy. Not not a good guy. Yeah. Um, General Hammond, back to him, he is with the Taldor uh people like in the sentencing room and he's like, Give me my people and they're like are you taking responsibility for them? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, he's, they're like, did you order them to help murder? And he's like, well, no. And they're like, well, then you're uh, guilt by proxy. Not going to work. Go home. SG9 guy's like, no, no, he's not taking responsibility for anything. No, don't take him. He's like, no, take me. No, please. <laughs> it's like- and Hammond's like, if I don't get my people back, you are declaring war. 
And they're like, okay, go for it. Okay, bye. bye. See ya. We go back to Hadante, where, and the man who just came through the gate while all of these, um, this giant fight was going out, um, is blind and he's telling them what he did and why he's in prison and Linnea gives him a medicine that takes his blindness away and he sees her and he absolutely freaks the fuck out so I didn't understand I was like he just panicked because his sight was healed and he's never seen that before no 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 I definitely caught the way he looked at her and I was like oh Yeah, I thought it was just because she had this power that other people didn't have. I didn't realize there was more to it than that. Yeah. At the time. Obviously, I know now. Right. (laughs) Um, Then Daniel awakens from his unconscious state and once again, with the impeccable timing, remembers what planet SG3's mission is going to be to so that they have a destination where transmitters will be available. Yes. Yes. Excellent timing, Daniel. Yet again. Then it is time for the food. They realize that the food delivery comes at the same time every day, which means that they can plan their escape based on when people will be distracted by eating food. Mm -hmm. And so the food delivery comes and all the slop pours in and then everyone's just awkwardly standing there. And um, they're like, what's going on? And they explain to Daniel that he has to serve lunch because he is the new prison alpha because he supposedly killed Bishnor. Yeah. Um, so then everybody's eating. SG-1 and Linnea, like, get their stuff together. They wrap the, these roots around the gate and they make the gate run. But Simeon, the former blind man, um, is watching them. And then when it works and Simeon runs through and follows them and everybody else tries to, but the gate closes. Thank God. Thank God. Do you imagine? It's not great, but it could be worse. Oh, yeah. So um, they get there. Hammond sends them all to the infirmary. He's, like, talking to Linnea, and she's like, no, like, I get it. I would do the same thing. Like, you guys have to be careful, whatever. She's playing nice very well. Um, I also blame the fact that Janet was not the one working in the infirmary because Janet would have seen through this. Yeah, I was like, who is this person that's not Janet? So Janet's replacement is doing the stuff in the infirmary. Not really replacement. Janet will be back. There's more than one doctor who works in the space. I just don't like Um, But also um, uh, Harrison wasn't the one working in the gate command either. No. Harriman. Harriman. Yeah, no. So Frazier and Harriman were both not there. And honestly, I blame that for why the base fell apart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so they're in the infirmary. Um, 
Linnea is still allowing Sam with her science knowledge and she's like, oh, like, can I give you this thing? Like, you guys have a way to show these atoms and stuff. Like, can I show you? And Sam's like, yeah. And she like lets them use the computer, lets Linnea use the computer. And um, then she uh, does some weird stuff on the computer and then she knocks Sam and the doctor out. Yep. And sure. uh, then SG3 returns and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, this guy followed you off the planet. And Simeon's like, yeah, I had to because you guys brought the destroyer of worlds back with you. The destroyer of, they could have brought anyone back from prison and they bring the destroyer of worlds. And they're like, um, what, do you, what do you mean by that exactly? And Simeon's like, here's a thing. That plague that she told you guys about, yeah, she started that. She, she is trying to kill quite literally everyone. She is not, not good. So and I, then, find, um, I blame SG1 for COVID. I think that that is what has happened now. Fantastic. Um, but then, while on the computer with everyone else passed out, Linnea erased all of the codes mm-hmm. and downloaded all of the information about all of the gate destinations and then used the gate and crashed the entire Stargate Command computer system. Great. Good. Yes. Goodbye. Yep. And that's where we end. That's the end. The destroyer of the worlds going off into the worlds. Oh, if we don't pick up next episode. a computer simulated model of the atoms that she used to destroy worlds. Right. So if we don't pick up here, I'm going to tell you right now I'm going to be real mad. Or at least here enough. Like, I need to know we're getting the computers at least back online. Oh, you mean with that? I was like, I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> We're not going to pick up with the Linnea story. No, no, no. No, that's, no, fine. that's fine. I figured. But, like, we got to, like, fix like things. Getting, getting, the ga- getting the base back online. Right. Is, yeah, okay. Yeah, we need, we need to not just, like, skip that, I feel like. You know, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That's my hope and dream. Um, who would you like to punch? Sorry, I just spilled coffee. It's fine. Um, SG1. All of them for bringing back the Destroyer of the Worlds. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, I'm also gonna just like in a much less aggressive way, in a much less um, <laughs> world-destroying way. I'm going to punch that guy from SG9 uh, mm-hmm. for just, like, being a dick. Yeah, fair. Um, who is your MVP? I already know your answer. Who do you think it is? You're, it's going to be Simeon. No. Really? No. It's is him. it General Hammond for going yes. through the gate? Yes. Because he's always there to protect his team. That's true. Ugh, yeah. He's such a good general. 
True, which means that that is gives me the ability to choose Simeon for being the only one who's like, um, BT dubs. Woman is like, um, literal psychopath. Yes. Yes. Um, there's I that. Have, I have a question. Please, Please ask your question. Do you happen to know when they were renewed for season three? I don't off the top of my head. If this is meant to be introduced as a new storyline because they're going to, because they haven't completely finished Apophis. They have not. And we have that other one that I never remember their name that we saw for like half a second. Um, The other gold. So like, they're not, they don't feel like they're kind of trying to wrap it up. So I wonder if they knew before um, two came out. No. Oh, no, because they filmed it all at one time. Yes. I was going to say season one and two mm-hmm. were all done together. Um, oh, that's then. So that's not necessarily anything to do with that. Um, I'm trying to see if um, I can't it's not readily available on Wikipedia so I have to like do some actual research so I will try to answer that got it at a time but I cannot do it just quickly no worries no worries do you have some trivia for us Oh, that's the other thing I need my phone for because I never read the <laughs> Well, because the other thing is, I'll be real, I watched this episode. I started it at like 9 30, 10 o'clock last night. And it uh, does not take me a short amount of time to watch these episodes because I have to pause every five minutes to like write things. Right, right. So, okay. General Hammond makes his first trip to the Stargate in this episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> Mark Axon, who played Vishnuar, mm-hmm. later provides the voice of the main villain to kill in the non-canon animated series Stargate Infinity. Fun fact, the animated series is not canon. Good you to know. Atlantis and Universe are both canon. The animated series was just for fun. Got it. Got it. Um, Daniel references Botany Bay, stating the British sent convicts to Australia, completely skipping over the fact that it only happened because they could no longer send convicts to the Chesapeake colonies of Maryland and Virginia, and the French also had a penal colony in Louisiana. Australia becoming a penal colony only happened because of the American Revolution. Right. We were like, no, thank you. Yeah. We've got enough prisoners here. You can take the rest. But yeah, America was founded by uh, rebels and prisoners. Correct. And you wonder why we're not stable. Yeah. It's great. 
But um, yeah, so that was an episode that really wasn't a bad episode in any way, shape, or form, but just kind of felt felt kind of off track for where we've been for this season. Correct. And it's hard because, like, I know we had the three-part thing. So we had the last – and the three-part thing, and actually the two before the – the one before the three-part one was also still kind of Gold-centric. So we had those three – and then, so the end of the three part and the second one. So we've had five episodes in a row that have all actually kind of like led on the same journey. Mm-hmm. And then we got this. Right. right. So I get why it was rated so low. Yeah. yeah. I definitely like didn't hate it. And I love Bonnie Bartlett. I do I love Bonnie Bartlett. And it felt like. I mean, like you had talked about, it did feel more cinematic. It felt kind of like it had a bit of a, a bit of a spooky element to it in the beginning. Yeah. I was like, oh, we get a little extra horror this week. Yeah, um, it was it was not bad. It just was a weird. It, it was jarring after right. actually feeling like we had finally got a hang of the show. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we can come out of that still. I wasn't as mad about it as I was last. Oh season. yeah, no. I think we're still. Okay, I'll let you know next week. Now, yeah, I was saying now if next week's episode has nothing to do with Linnea or the Gaul, then we start to get angry. Then we have problems. Yeah, yeah. I'll be calling SG One and reporting a complaint. Perfect. I love it. Yes. Um, if you have any complaints to report, uh, you can send them to SG One or to us. Um, you can email us at deathnaliens at gmail.com. You can follow us on all of the social medias at deathnaliens. You can follow me on all of the social media at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. You can follow me at cecloud13. And I also want to say, we see you're watching us on YouTube. We know you're listening. It's like subscribe maybe to our channel and like maybe give us a rating on one of the listening platforms that yeah. is cool because um right now 70 percent of our youtube viewership is not subscribers right so which like, is quite quite a few quite a lot yeah. but like just follow subscribe love us and then you don't have to hunt us down we're just there for you we just pop up when it's time so um, we, yeah, with that, we will uh, see you guys um, on Thriller Thursday. See Bye. Ya.